from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. A harvest trend in Louisiana. It's not great. What farmers are seeing when it comes to yields after a wild couple of months of weather. Fire on the farm. The losses add up in Oklahoma as investigators determine whether this was a case of arson. East versus West, the latest on what we're seeing when it comes to bases. And we're just hearing some incredible stories of, of you know, cutthroat business being done. Should you sell now or put it in the bin? The latest right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Farmers are experiencing log jams trying to get the harvest to market this fall. Now, especially around the Mississippi River, transportation is slow, leaving long lines at the elevator and growing piles of corn. However, the story is much different in other areas of the Corn Belt, as Ag Day's Michelle Rook reports. Clinton, this year's harvest is a tale of two crops, not just in size, but in logistics and price. In drought areas of the western and southern Corn Belt, cash prices are on fire, and this has created very strong cash basis and prices for farmers at harvest, a stark contrast to the east. Cash basis levels are showing a big disparity across the Corn Belt. Slower barge traffic on the Mississippi River has produced a wide basis in the east. LaGrange, Missouri, right on the river, was negative 70 cents for corn and $1.10 under for beans on October 25th. In Jeffersonville, Indiana, corn basis was $1.10 under the board with soybeans $1.38 under. Basis is extremely tight in the west, not so much east of the Mississippi. Uh, that's a function of where the production is. However, in the drought-stricken areas of the south and west, cash corn bids are well above $7 in eastern Kansas and western Missouri, well over $8 in western Kansas and the Texas Panhandle, and over $9 farther south. What we're seeing is very aggressive bidding by ethanol plants and by feedlots in the west to get that cash corn that's in their drawing area nailed down. Uh, as we mentioned, corn export sales haven't been very good, so the, uh, those domestic users don't have a lot of export competition right now, but you can see it coming, in, you know, December, January, February. So they want to get all those bushels nailed down now. And we're just hearing some incredible stories of, of you know, cutthroat business being done, particularly out in the Southern Plains, where merchandisers will do anything to get their hands on some corn bushels. Cash basis is also stronger in the North as more soybeans are being exported and shipped to China in the Dakotas and Minnesota. The beans are being shipped to the Pacific Northwest, and that has helped us to strengthen or hold the basis up here at our harvest time. And market analysts say those prices may get even stronger after harvest. Feed demand remains strong. Ethanol demand remains strong. And these things aren't going to go away. And with newly harvested bushels getting tucked away to possibly the beginning of the year or, or maybe next spring, I think the basis market is going to stay hot. In the areas with strong basis levels, many farmers are being advised to sell some grain off the combine and take advantage of the high cash prices, especially where corn is over $8. However, market analysts say if you have on-farm storage, that could pay off later. All right, thanks, Michelle. Despite the difficulties right now moving grain out of the country, especially on the Mississippi River, the U.S. Grains Council says exports for the 2021-2022 marketing year topped 122 million metric tons. Now it says that's the second highest total on record, and it says record exports of ethanol, corn, DDGs, and pork and pork products combined with fewer imports from China made Mexico the biggest U.S. market for volume. Now the country importing over 27 million metric tons worth 
$11 billion. China was the second largest export market, totaling 26 million metric tons, also worth more than $11 billion, putting it on top in terms of value. Canada coming in third with 13 million metric tons, worth $6 billion. Meanwhile, corn harvest has moved well beyond the halfway point in just a week. USDA reporting 61% of the crop has been harvested last week. That number stood at 45. Now, well above the five-year average. Soybean harvest is at 80% complete, again, outpacing the five-year average. Cotton at 45% picked, 6% behind the five-year average. As for winter wheat, it's now 79% planted, 1% ahead of normal. Some possible good news for areas of the lower Mississippi and Ohio valleys. There are some chances for rain over the next few days. Meteorologist Maggie Rosavik is tracking it for us. Yeah, Clint, that's right. More unsettled weather through the middle part of the country, especially as we head into the weekend and early next week. But we are going to be looking at temperatures on the cooler side again in the west behind a couple of these systems. It's going to keep some snow possible in the Rockies and then also a little bit of warmth still along the Gulf Coast and out ahead of that system all the way up the East Coast. Take a look at our jet stream as we head through the end of the week. What you're going to notice is storm system moving through interior portions of New England, then another cutoff low starting to form down in parts of Texas. That is going to really start to produce rain heading through the weekend and move up through the Mississippi River Valley and into the Great Lakes as we head through early next week. And then again, you've got cooler air coming in on the backside of that system, bringing some more mountain snow back to the Rockies. But lots of precipitation from these couple systems. We're going to take a deeper dive into this in just a little bit. But overall, a lot of rain going to be kind of filtering its way into the Mississippi River as we head through the end of next week. That's good news for the folks using and right along the Mississippi River. And you gotta love those harvest sunsets. Beth sharing this terrific picture of Larry hard at work at his combine in Walsh, Illinois. That's in the southwest part of the state and it looks like they're making a lot of progress there thanks to all those sunny days. I'll have more on your forecast coming up. A developing story we're following. Authorities are looking into whether a fire that cost ranchers Thousands of dollars in Oklahoma was deliberately set. You see, fire crews in Rogers County putting out a grass fire just a few miles east of Chelsea. Now, one rancher reports that the fire damaged 10 acres of his land in eight round bales. Another possible arson cost a rancher in Nowata County nearly 300 bales of hay. It's not known if the two fires are related. The area is experiencing exceptional drought. The Florida Department of Agriculture releasing its own numbers, adding up the damage to ag done by Hurricane Ian, putting its estimates close to those predicted by the University of Florida. The state putting the total loss price tag at up to $1.8 billion. That includes $676 million to citrus. Officials say the storm is likely to have destroyed up to 11% of the state's citrus trees. Other fruit and vegetable losses are pegged at up to $231 million, a loss of about 10 to 15 percent. Losses for animal agriculture are seen at around $492 million. That includes damage to things like barns, fences, equipment, and roads, besides those losses of livestock and damage to forage production areas. Happening right now, it's a big week for FFA members across the country as they come together for the 95th National FFA Convention and Expo. More than 60,000 members will be on hand for the competition and educational event. It runs through Saturday in downtown Indianapolis. We'll bring you more coverage from the convention later this week.
Corn and soybeans seeing some gains. Michelle joins us once again with an update on where markets are going midweek. And later we head to Louisiana where farmers are noticing a theme this harvest time in the country. Ag Day is brought to you by Endzone from Farm Shop MFG, which allows you to rehydrate your soybeans from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's an extra semi-load added to your bottom line. Order your Endzone fan now for as low as $2,900 while supplies last. You've probably noticed diesel prices are ticking back up. In fact, diesel fuel is currently priced at around the same level it was when crude was well over $100 a barrel. And the onset of winter could precipitate outright shortages of diesel, even higher prices. Right now, existing stockpiles represent only 25 days supply, and the current level is the lowest ever recorded for this time of year. We think we're going back above $100 crude as we head in the winter. Gas prices are rising. Uh, it's not going to relent. Uh, uh, we need people to be forward thinking about availability of supply in the United States. We're relying on foreigners. The whole gambit is bullish of energy and I don't see how it's going to change. Typically inventories should be 30% higher this time of year. Right now, AAA reports diesel is averaging 532 a gallon. Soybeans pushing higher on Tuesday amid high hopes for further export demand from China. Agnes Michelle Rook discusses things with Matt Bennett in this morning's market report. A mixed day in the markets on Tuesday. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net is joining us with analysis. Corn and soybeans up on Tuesday, Matt. It looked like uh, the big pullback in the dollar index was part of the story, and we kind of held some support areas we needed to technically. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's kind of been a tug of war for a while. I mean, you look at this corn market, especially the fundamentals are pretty darn uh, enticing, I guess, for the bulls. You know, hey, it's tight. Uh, we know that the crop's not huge, but at the same time, it's harvest and path least resistance this time of year, a lot of times is lower. And so it seems like uh, you've got this tug of war that nobody seems to be wanting to win here. Uh, corn kind of bounced off some support levels. The dollar uh, certainly giving up gains down in that 110 level. We haven't been there for a little while. And I think that uh, overall, uh, probably looking at a little bit of bullish enthusiasm, which gave us just a little bit of buying on the day. But again, not that much. Is the harvest low in and what should guys do with some of these extra bushels that they have if they need to merchandise? Well, I mean, I'm going to have to look pretty hard to find a harvest low on corn. Again, it's just been a sideways market, you know. I mean, you look at the bean market, you know, maybe that is the case for the time being. But at the same time, there was a lot of angst, a lot of talk here uh, as we started the week. Uh, you know, uh, U.S.-Chinese relations may be a little bit uh, uh, tenuous, if you will. Over the weekend, there was developments that uh, uh, maybe uh, would have lent, uh, I guess, a little bit of uh, caution towards uh, Chinese interest in beans moving forward from the U.S. But at the same time, we all know their insatiable appetite uh, the last several years would lead us to believe that they're at least going to have to have some beans from the U.S. So I think today was a little bit getting a little bit of back what we had uh, lost there at the start of the week. You know, first of all, and second of all, again, I just don't think that the market, it lacks direction. It lacks any uh, real catalyst to, to move us in any one direction. If you're going to go higher this time of year, you got to feed a bull. Uh, today, we got a little bit of feed from the dollar. But other than that, there's just not much out there. So what do you do? Do you wait and store or do you sell more if you have extra bushels? Oh, that's a great question. You know, and I think that there's a lot of folks, I think, that contracted at some pretty good prices this summer. Let's be honest. We had uh, phenomenal fall prices uh, for people. And if you had decent weather, you know, you're going to go ahead and contract some of those, I'm sure. Uh, of course, you're going to store at home. A lot of folks want to store at home. But 
some of those bushels are going to have to go to town. We know that. And so sell versus store, it's a tough topic. You know, yeah. basis has been what I would say uh, historically strong in, in a lot of areas, especially west of Mississippi. And so with a, a strong basis, I think that a, a producer would be wise to go ahead and reward the market with some of these bushels. You know, yeah. I don't want to sit on too many of them. And so I would even say that if you've got a significant percentage of your production in the in the bin at home, don't just make the assumption that these prices are going to stay here forever because we kind of got lulled to sleep by this sideways market. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. More ag day coming up. To contact Matt Bennett at Ag Market, call 844-4-AG-MARKET or visit their website at www.agmarket.net. Just Matt Urasavik joining us here. Uh, take a look at our national forecast. Start with some rain, uh, especially there in the southwest where they could really use some of that. Yeah, a lot of drought there in Texas, parts of Oklahoma. We're going to see a lot of this. This is through Friday, but then things are going to start to expand up to the north and east through the rest of the weekend. And you can see that rain down in parts of Texas. That's going to begin to spread over the Mississippi where we've been extremely low with those river levels and a lot of this moisture through the weekend and into next week. Look at all of this right down through the Mississippi River and the surrounding areas that are going to filter into at least the southern half of that Mississippi, really from Tennessee down to the Gulf Coast. So that'll be good news there. We've got some more rainfall moving towards the East Coast. And then notice this, a lot of rain and mountain snow out there in the West. Snowpack going to be getting going there in the northern part of the Sierras and the northern Rockies as well. We'll start to see some of that snowpack come up over the next couple of days. Then heading into next week, more rain into parts of the Mississippi and northern Rockies there as well. Something to continue to keep an eye on heading through next week. Here's a look though at our first system kind of getting on out of here. The next one is going to start to drop down through the center of the country. High pressure though out ahead of it. So skies will be pretty nice until this storm system gets going. Once it does, it's going to drop a whole lot of rain down in parts of Texas and then moving right on through where we see high pressure and clear skies into Thursday over the weekend. That is when that system will really start to ramp up, pulling in a lot of moisture from the Gulf and out ahead of it, it'll be much warmer than we got uh, the cooler temperatures on the backside. You can already see that warmer here as we head through this afternoon, even warmer over for our first system right along the East Coast. Cooler, more fall like air behind it, but chilly air, northern Rockies and again, higher elevations there. That's going to continue to be the case and cooler evenings on tap as well. It's going to be much cooler than the warmth that we saw over the past few days, especially in the east. Things though really start to cool down behind that first system, which eventually will lead to some more snow, especially back in the west. You can see it here all the way down into Colorado, Salt Lake City, and then up into the northern Rockies and in the Cascades as well. Something we'll continue to track right here on Ag Day. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at the weather where you live. Lansing, Michigan, showers and temps falling, a high of 59 degrees. Heading to San Antonio, Texas, sunny and warm, a high near 81. And heading to Essex, Montana, chance of snow showers, a high of 35.
Pork in cold storage is 14% above where it was a year ago. Pork reported in cold storage at the end of September, coming in at more than 537 million pounds. Beef coming in at a record more than 522 million pounds. That's up 19% for the year. In total, red meat coming in at more than a billion pounds, 17% higher than the same time last year. The McRib is back at McDonald's, but the fast food giant says it will be the last season it offers the seasonal sandwich. The sandwich featuring pork was put on pause back in 2005, but then brought back the restaurant issuing a press release suggesting it could be the sandwich's final hurrah. And while you're celebrating that sandwich, here's a bit of a history lesson. According to the University of Nebraska, researchers within the Meat Sciences Department actually created the McRib. Meat Science Research got its start more than 100 years ago, but today that department continues to serve up new products for appetites across the globe. We've got a long tradition of, of meat science research. Um, technology behind the McRib was developed at University of Nebraska, identifying the flat iron steak, you know, are a couple things that some of my uh, predecessors and, and maritime faculty from our department worked on. But one, the way I look at it is we really want to figure out how to make the products be as tasteful as it can be, to be as safe as it can be, as, uh, add as much value as we can and to make it last as long as we can. The McRib made its debut in Kansas City, Kansas back in 1981 when McDonald's brought the McRib back in 2019. It first returned to 10,000 of McDonald's 14,000 U.S. locations. Then in 2020, it was reintroduced nationwide. Now, it started out as a promising planting season in Louisiana, but there's a theme running through harvest time right now in the state. We have an update next. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov conservation. The one word Louisiana farmers would use to describe this year's weather is uncooperative. As Craig Gotro reports, nearly every major crop has seen some yield and quality reductions based on extended hot, dry weather, followed by extremely wet conditions. Whether corn, cotton, or soybeans, most row crops in Louisiana have been victims of wild weather swings. Yields for many crops will not reach last year's numbers, and 2021 was not considered a banner year. Matt Foster, state cotton specialist, said cotton farmers increased acres significantly, but will not be satisfied with this year's results. We are seeing a yield drag due to the drought conditions as well as the uh, the uh, flooding conditions in the month of August. Sweet potatoes are one of the most expensive crops to grow. Farmers can spend upwards of $4,000 per acre. The weather had a devastating effect, especially in the northeast part of the state where most of the potatoes are grown. It's not great. It's certainly not a great situation that many of our producers are not going to realize the yields that they needed to to put them over and into that profit margin. Soybean farmers also didn't escape the wrath of weather. Sugarcane farmers often plant soybeans on their fallow land, but a wet August caused many of those acres to rot. You've got some, some areas, some farms, where the combines didn't even get in the field. Matter of fact, my family's farm, uh, they didn't even uh, run a combine through any of their soybean acreage. The lone bright spot? The heavy rains of August may have turned this year's sugarcane crop into a record one. They suffered a little bit of yield loss with that dry weather, but the rain in August not only turned around their cane crop, but it turned around the, the crop for the entire industry. 
Sugar recovery at the mills have benefited from the dry weather, but cane farmers are starting to get anxious for a rain on their newly planted cane, which will be harvested next year. With the LSU Ag Center, this is Craig Gotro reporting. All right, thanks, Craig, and that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure much to tune in from all of us here at Academic Clinton Have a great day.